I think it all starts with first understanding the consumers, knowing what your brand offers, and then trying to match the two together. And then if you're clear on that, then you can have get into all the fun of actually deciding what e-commerce platforms you want and how to set up the end-to-end technology and capability and payments and logistics and so on. But really having that deep consumer understanding at the start of it and, and understanding what you're trying to achieve is the most important thing. Hi, I'm Lauren Stiving, and welcome to this episode of the Career Success Podcast. COVID-19 has made most retail businesses take a closer look at their e-commerce strategy, and many traditional businesses have found themselves lost in the digital world. Today, we've invited Tom Pickford to the podcast to discuss with us how large consumer goods companies with a traditional go-to-market model can integrate D2C to create value across their enterprise. Tom Pickford, SVP e-commerce at The Hut Group, a British-based e-commerce technology company that owns its own brands and sells them direct to consumer, as well as providing direct to consumer e-commerce services for partner brands. Tom joined The Hut Group earlier this year to help partner brands use their end-to-end global e-commerce platform to launch and expand their direct to consumer e-commerce business. Previously, Tom had worked for 20 years at Procter & Gamble, the last 10 of which were leading e-commerce for P&G across all channels, Pure Play, Omnichannel, and Direct-to-Consumer. Thank you for joining me today, Tom. Thank you, Lauren. Nice to be here. So with everything that's changed since the COVID-19 pandemic has hit everyone globally or every market almost around the world, you specifically, what trends have you seen across consumer goods and retail? I think probably like everybody, we've seen a huge shift in consumer behavior. And obviously, it's been a very exciting and interesting time to work in e-commerce. You know, everybody and very obviously has seen a significant increase in in e-commerce penetration. You know, many of us, I guess, have had our grocery home deliveries disrupted a little bit, but also, you know, just uh, some of the traditional ways of receiving and and, getting goods into your houses. You know, people are just using those routes an awful lot more than they were before. When I have a look at some of the responses that we're getting from some of the clients and partners that are coming and talking to us at the Hut Group, you know, really what we see is a big acceleration in terms of prioritization and you know, just stepping this up in terms of the importance and the agenda with these different companies. We see people open to experimenting a lot more, looking to develop their packaging solutions, which might have been a choice that they weren't quite ready to do before to optimize them for e-commerce starting to think about direct-to-consumer specifically as a different route to market, which might have been something they might have been wary about experimenting with before. So really people just stepping up as you see the consumers themselves doing a lot more e-commerce online shopping. And speaking of of D2C, I mean, I think it's been a question across consumer goods industry of should we do it, shouldn't we do it? What's your opinion on that? Do you think D2C is is for everyone? Uh, Personally, I do, yes. You know, I come from a background in Procter & Gamble where we always talked about winning in every single sales channel and having top of mind uh, mental awareness through all the different brand building capabilities. When you think about direct-to-consumer, I think it's a nice intersection between brand building and selling. I think on the one hand, you know, it's important that it is a profitable, sustainable, standalone sales channel. We can talk a bit more about that. But I also think as well, you know, you've got to recognize the brand building capability is the voice you know, online of your brand. You have the full capability of completely controlling that consumer experience, the content, the user journey, you know, what features and functionalities you put out there, which you don't have when you're working through other online retailers where you might have quite a templated product detail page approach. 
So I think it really creates that opportunity to add something different into your go-to-market mix. Yeah, and how would you suggest businesses to integrate D2C with existing go-to-market channels to really complement and create value? So it's interesting. I mean, at the Hut Group, you know, it's a pure play e-commerce business. And so almost 100% of our sales are direct to consumer. If you take MyProtein, which is our biggest sports nutrition brand, you know, 96% of the sales are direct to consumer. We just have a handful of sales in sort of independent and uh, specialist gyms. You know, we don't sell on Amazon. We don't sell in bricks and mortar retail. And so that is the, the sales channel. But obviously, when you're talking and working with client partners, you know, they've got big, strong bricks and mortar businesses, traditional retail relationships, lots of online partnerships with the likes of some of the other pure plays and, you know, bricks and clicks, omnichannel retailers. And direct to consumer is often a really small percentage of the sales mix. And so I think the way you've got to look at it is a bit different. You've got to think about how do I create value from this capability across my enterprise? The way we like to think about it is almost in terms of thinking about brands, in terms of people, in terms of the life stages that they go through. And it's a bit like a person, you know, when they're born, when they're young, and then as they grow and then they mature, it's very similar with brands. You know, you've got to create a brand, and then you've got to grow it and expand it internationally, you know, and then you've got to probably expand into different sales channels and reach different audiences. And then you might become more mature. And at that point, you've got to pivot a little bit. You've got to change how your brand comes across and maybe, you know, change a few things to reappeal to a younger demographic as they're coming through. And mm-hmm. that's the same with DTC. I mean, a lot of people are starting to use direct-to-consumer to help them create new brands. It almost becomes what we call a transactional learning experience. So you actually pop up a direct-to-consumer website. You might only have a, a production run of 500 or 1,000 units, but you actually then start to actually see the purchase data through the direct-to-consumer site to actually just iterate and optimize you know, your brand. You can see the different audiences that you're appealing to. You see the conversion rates that work on different price and promotions and different products. And you actually start to get an awful lot of insights that help you then actually create a brand and grow a brand. And it's almost like a digital focus group and a very different approach than traditional innovation uh, methodology of you know, the traditional R&D, huge surveys, you know, big focus groups. You know, people giving their feedback on the other side of a two-way mirror, having a cup of coffee and a biscuit. Very, very different to actually see people when they part with their hard-earned cash. You get a much more reliable indicator of future consumer behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we've seen a lot of the digital native challenges and the startup companies using this type of approach, almost creating as they go. But this is a big challenge for traditional consumer goods companies to integrate this type of approach. You know, it gets quite complicated when you've got to Think about product registration, EAN codes, setting up um, the labeling capabilities and manufacturing capabilities for these kind of test and learn type trial runs, all the way through to you know, having the front end direct to consumer website that you pop up, you know, the ability to bring a bit of traffic to that site, you know, do all of the payments and the logistics. So it's quite an operation and it's quite different. But if you can crack that code and you can put that platform for agile innovation into your organization, then it becomes very, very powerful because, as we know, you know innovation is the lifeblood of, of all consumer goods companies. So that's, that's one way, which is exciting. And um, we, we're doing quite a lot of work with a number of clients on, on creating that kind of learning platform. The next way is really when you know, brands want to enter new markets, so white space geographic expansion. You know, and I had a lot of experience in this in my, in my previous role in P&G, launching a new brand into a new country. You'd have to go through all of the process of uh, working with all the bricks and mortar retailers, winning the space on the planograms, you know, waiting for the range reviews. 
setting up your television advertising when you get to 70% volume weight to distribution, etc. Nowadays, we can roll out a direct-to-consumer website into a new market in just four weeks. We can test and learn directly with that audience and understand you know, how to optimize your specific brand proposition for that market. You can then gain a foothold and attraction in the category in that market. And then hopefully, you know, you can then take a decision to expand into other channels afterwards, but you go in with momentum. You know, you might then go into other online channels, into offline channels. And you really use direct-to-consumer to take a local or a regional brand and make it a global brand. So that's a very, you know, powerful way. And that's certainly something that the Huck Group has had a lot of experience and success with. If you take my protein again, we launched that in just one market in the UK in 2011. And it was doing $29 million of sales when, when the Hut Group bought it then. And it's now gone on an international journey. We now have 56 localized websites all around the world. So, you know, you've got a .Germany and a .France and a .Japan. Um, and if you roll out a localized website, you know, rather than just doing one site with global shipping, you typically see a significant uplift, you know, the day that you localize that site with local assortment and content and language and localize for the SEO in that particular market. So that's a big area that, um, you know, people come to us and, and look to develop and create a you know, global brand by internationalizing. Sure. Creating a compelling consumer proposition isn't easy. And I'm sure you've seen a lot of successes and failures. Could you give us a couple of examples of how you create a compelling consumer proposition? It's interesting because, I mean, between friends, there are many, many e-commerce platforms, you know, they've all got slightly different features and functionalities, you know, but the most important thing always is the consumer value proposition that you actually, you know, that you're actually putting out on your e-commerce site. And you're right, we've seen many examples where direct-to-consumer sites have failed, but equally a number of successes, many successes. And, and that's one of the things that we help partners with is really understand what the right value propositions are and how to create that unique reason why consumers are going to come back to your website and come and purchase. And it's very interesting because we were mapping the other day the conversion rates for about, we have about 220 direct-to-consumer sites running on our platform at the moment. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing seeing the range in conversion rates from at the top end, you know, even, even north of 16% conversion rates, all the way down to literally 0.1, 0.2% conversion rates. And typically the ones that are down, you know, below 0.5%, they're probably going to be closed pretty soon and go to DTC heaven, um, you know, just simply because the financial sustainability of the media investment and so on just doesn't work. And it all comes down to the consumer proposition. The biggest area we see failures is when companies launch exactly the same assortment that they're selling in other retail channels okay. uh, but they decide that they're going to put it in at a price premium you know simply because they you know they're understandably they're they're concerned about how dtc would fit into their total go-to-market mix and they've got obviously existing you know significant retail relationships with some partners so they end up putting this standard assortment in at a higher price and consumers aren't silly you know they're going to look at that and they're just not going to buy on that website so what we try and do is we help clients understand how to differentiate how to offer something different how to use all the digital capabilities of a dtc experience to do something different so one of the things we do a lot of is you know i would say different types of experiences on the site so we do lots of things like gift with purchases mix and matches we do lots of loyalty schemes with points um, lots of different types of rich content experiences for different clients we obviously have a big experience of subscription so there are lots of different techniques, and depending on what your specific brand and what your specific objective is, 
then the team would help advise what type of differentiated value proposition, you know, might work for your specific brand. So, yeah, I mean, imagine that someone out there has never considered D2C before and is currently considering it. Where should they start? What would you suggest to do first? So I think the first thing is to really try and understand the consumers that they want to target and understand what the specific problem is that those consumers face. Mm-hmm. And then ask yourself, am I able to solve that? And if you're not able to solve it, then that's often where direct-to-consumer can really help you because that gives you, like I said, the opportunity to create a very specific and tailored experience for that particular customer, you know, consumer group and consumer mm-hmm. problem that you're trying to solve. So I think it all starts with first understanding the consumers and knowing what your brand offers and then trying to match the two together. And then if you're clear on that, then you can have get into all the fun of actually deciding what e-commerce platforms you want and how to set up the end-to-end technology and capability and payments and logistics and so on. But really having that deep consumer understanding at the start of it and, and understanding what you're trying to achieve is the most important thing. Well, Tom, thank you so much for all of your insight. I hope that our listeners have had a few takeaways to help them with their D2C platforms. My pleasure. And yeah, thank you very much, Lawrence. It's been a pleasure to speak with you this morning. Thank you.